0: All right, it's Tuesday. Braun, Krasinski, and Kipness with us today. Kip, do you see uh, the new
1: winter merch? I do see. I see a nice hoodie you got down there mm-hmm. in, yes. warm, in Florida. In Florida. It's cold down here right now. I <laughs> not yeah, it was cold.
2: in the 40s. That's freezing. for. Look at me. I mean, I'm in like a winter hoodie. Is it 40s wow. this morning? It was this morning when <laughs> I left.
0: Yeah. So anyway, foulterritorieshop.com. We you are still tucked into your com. bed,
2: sucking your thumb.
0: I did do that. Yeah. You saw that? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, foul Um. I want to actually just get right into it because we have multiple moves to cover before we get to Ken Rosenthal in a little under 15 minutes. So let's start with Jorge Polanco moving on over to Seattle to help that offense that struggled last year. I mean, technically, some people, I know it was like a mid offense, but meh. They needed a lot more to be a playoff team. So Polanco goes to Seattle. The Twins get Anthony DiSclafani, Justin Topa. Here it is. Darren Bowen, who's a lower-level prospect. And Gabriel Gonzalez, who's actually more of an upper-level prospect. There's some money being exchanged. It sounds like Minnesota's saving about $6.5 million because there's money being sent over from Seattle, plus Polanco this year if you include the buyout, is making $11.25 million. He has a club option for next year. Anthony Di Scalfani making $12 million. So, thoughts? I mean, what are the Twins
2: doing? Again, it seems like they're getting rid of a lot of good players.
0: They're cutting money so that they but can use it But they're cutting money, elsewhere. but... They're broke. Uh- <laughs> the of the off season, they're, they're broke. They're
2: so broke. I mean, the pull ads are, are worth billions and billions of dollars.
0: Yeah, but like, think about it. You're coming off a playoff season. Mm-hmm. They just announced they got 97 percent season ticket renewals. Mm-hmm. Okay, but they don't know if they're going to get them. Throwing an arbitrary number out there,
3: 40 million or 45 million on their TV
0: deal. So they're broke. Yeah, they sound like they're broke. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I, I will say this though. I mean, here's here's who was playing second base for them. Well, Polanco was
2: hurt last year, though.
0: I understand, but where is Edward Julian going?
2: Well, I don't know. but it, Second base. So they, had a they, they DH Polanco a little bit. They used him at first a little bit here and there. They bounced him around a little bit. I mean, they're counting on Royce Lewis being healthy. Yep. They're counting on Correa being healthy. Yep. They're counting on Kirillov taking the next step at first base, right? They're going to use Farmer a lot, and they're going to put Julian at second base. That Polanco was a really good player for these guys, and he got some huge hits for him over the years. So it's a little bit surprising to see them get rid of him. But again, and they got money in the trade. So you know what that does for Mr. Polat? Yay, I got more money to sleep on at night. They
0: promised they would spend it. On what? Better popcorn machines? Maybe a low-end starter, a reliever. Did Sclafani eat some innings? Maybe someone else eat some innings? Because they did lose some innings out of that starting rotation. I mean, it's Gray top three Cy Young year this yeah, I know. past season. So mean, they let him walk and they... didn't even try. No. Way too out of their price range right now. You're looking at Pablo Lopez, Joe Ryan, D. Scalfani's in there, Bailey Ober, and a battle for the fifth spot, Louis Varland, among others.
2: Hmm.
0: I so just, uh, yeah, I don't know. You're not I, thrilled.
2: It's it's interesting. It's just interesting to me because the Twins could take this division easily if they just spend a little bit of money. It's like it's like nobody in the Central wants to win the division right now. Nobody in the AL Central. Your Guardians, Kip, they don't want to win the division. They haven't signed anybody. The White Sox are low end, bottom feeding right now. The Royals are trying a little bit. The Tigers have done some stuff. But the Twins, a team with the clearly the best roster going into the offseason, have nickel and dined it. It's kind of if I'm a Twins fan, I'm a little bit concerned.
1: I'm with you. I think uh normally in most divisions, you'll find at least one, two, if not three, teams that are projected to finish near the top that are all competing for a top spot. The central doesn't have that clear-cut winner. If you were to pick one, it might be those twins. So you should see all moves that would be going for it really do you find where you're just the lone team that looks in a position to win the division. So the trade doesn't move the needle for me too much for either team. Um, I think the twins are making this trade out of position of luxury. The fact that they have the depth to be able to make this trade to save some money, I guess, with all their players around. Uh, but I, I, I think this more is a, a catalyst trade for another one coming for either of them. I
0: think this is a clearing space or clearing room so they can make one more. I think Seattle's close to done. I mean, is going to be probably in the middle of their lineup, mm-hmm. right?
1: When he's Definitely healthy, fun. he's a good
0: player. He's a yeah. great, he's a great player, player when
1: he's healthy. healthy. He's, he's, and he's, he's, uh, you can move him around a switch hitting infielder. You can play most of the positions. He's a, he's a useful guy to have on that team. And when he's right, he's an impactful bat. It's just you
0: got to get him on that field. Agreed. Uh, Seattle what's improving it? themselves here? The, I mean, is like, a good reliever. Seattle,
2: like, and we would make fun of the 54% thing all the time, but yeah. they, like, do, like, these little tiny improvements. They never go, we're going to full splash it.
0: Because they are working, same thing, off a very strict, guidelined budget. So, Jerry Depoto has to do this. He has to nickel and dime and improve incrementally.
2: I mean, that team, we're looking at it right now on the screen. I mean, that team's... Okay.
0: Is Can, the offense better than last year? It's definitely a different looking it's offense. It's
2: a different offense. Um, I guess. I mean, Garver helps yeah. for sure. Polanco helps for sure. Julio's not going to have as bad of a first half as he had last year, and that's kind of put him behind the eight ball to start. Raleigh's yeah. a good player. France didn't have a great year last year. Raleigh, I really like him and left. They brought back Mitch Hanniger, like Seattle's favorite son. So, I, I mean, listen. Are, but is it good enough to compete with the Rangers and the Astros? That's the question. And I know they lost last year on the last day, but is it good enough? I mean, their starting pitching is pretty solid. Now, why don't they trade some of their prospects to the White Sox for Dylan Cease? Like, they could trade Miller. They could Woo. trade Wu. They could trade Gilbert. They could trade Kirby. Kirby. They're not prospects. All Those for Cease. And it'd be a perfect pitching. trade.
0: Yeah. Young, young controlled. I'm all for that, pitching.
2: Jerry, you make that trade tomorrow. you like to trade everybody. Make that trade. That, way, that, was, that uh... way, you know what? You would get – you give away four – And you get a five, so that means it's 54. So, you know, know.
0: (laughs) figure this out. They have a great young starting rotation. Agreed. They're probably the best top to bottom rotation in baseball right now. Would you agree? One through five?
2: One through five, depending on who the fifth guy is, yeah.
0: Well, Miller and Wu are the bottom two. Castillo?
2: Castillo's good.
0: Kirby? Kirby. I think they're both ones. Gilbert? Gilbert could be a one. He's at least a two. And then Miller and Wu, yeah,
2: and Dylan Cease for Miller and Wu. No, there you go. That's not going to (laughs)
0: happen, Kip. Just to just to you trade their five, you
2: you trade your five for a four. You're moving
0: on up. See Jerry, see how this works. I think their math's a little more. (laughs) That's 54. It's always got to be a five and a four. Kip, there was a rumor I think Nightingale put it out that the Mariners had a combo with the White Sox about Dylan Cease, and a lot of Mariners fans, especially, were like, "What?" We don't need that. Why, why are we going to do that? And they were like, "Oh, maybe they'd trade young starters." I mean, it, nothing to, nothing to do with Cease. I, I love Cease. It just doesn't seem like the team that would be the fit for him. I, I agree.
1: That's not the uh, unfortunately for AJ and his Sox. I don't think that's the team that will be pulling the trigger on that one.
2: I I, no. I said that yesterday when Bob Nightingale reported that that wasn't a that wasn't a, a realistic thing. That was no. That seemed like the White Sox putting it out there that there's another team interested, so other teams would be like, "Oh no, the Mariners are interested. We better up our ante."
0: When in reality, that didn't
2: seem like a, a realistic fit.
0: No. Um, by the way, Blake Snell's not signing with the Mariners. There's still a lot of talk. I think it's mostly from fans. They'll like come up with ideas and be like, and then we sign Snell because he wants to be here. I'm like, stop. I mean, even if he doesn't get what he thinks he's going to get, the Yankees, if we believe that, offered, what, 6 one fifty. Do you think the Mariners will match that? Hell no. Oh, hell no. Hell no. So I, I do give credit to the Mariners. They're going with a very different look. To me, this is, I dated someone. We had a bad breakup. I'm going to completely switch it up. They had power. They struck out too much. So I'm going to the completely other direction.
2: Uh, Polanco strikes out a lot.
0: I'm saying their lineup in general, though, will have less swing and miss in it than it did last year.
2: I mean, a little bit. It's hard when you trade Suarez, who like led the league in strikeouts the last five years.
0: And Teoscar, Teoscar who strikes out a, out a lot. Garber doesn't strike out a ton.
2: No, I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see how this plays out for the mayor. I mean, listen, you know, Jerry Depoto is not afraid to make the moves. I give him credit. I wish he could. I wish the Mariners every once in a while make the big splash, but they haven't so far. And uh, go from there.
0: This was the time to do it. Agreed. Yeah, for for the Twins, I will say this: I'm a fan of Edouard Julian. His defense needs work. They clearly believe that he can stick at second base. I think he is going to be a fantastic offensive player. He already has been. I mean, this past season, he was great. So they said, we don't really have a full-time spot for Jorge Polanco. They could use another bullpen arm. They get one in Justin Topo, who's coming off a great season. They get an upper echelon prospect who we'll learn more about in just a moment as J.J. Cooper has a little breakdown for us that we'll run at some point. So I think for the Twins... I understand where they're coming from. They looked at a log jam and said, okay, we can get something for this guy and we can save some money to use elsewhere. They need to fill innings in their rotation. I don't think they're comfortable with what they have right now.
2: Okay. Uh, fair? Fine. Fair, 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 fair assessment. I mean, I, I mean, I wish they would have brought back Sonny Gray if they were really trying to go for it. But, I mean, Discofani's a nice pitcher. Topo will help him in the back end of the bullpen. And if Gonzalez pans out to an outfield prospect, they need, and guess what the biggest need for the Twins was? Byron Buxton said he's going to play center field. He's back. Did you say twin's <laughs> Fest? I'm back. I'm back. Oh, uh, we'll see. I hope he is because he's great when he's out there, but he hasn't been out there very much.
0: He hasn't played center field since I think it was August of 2022. He, I know he
2: didn't play last year at all.
0: No, he did not. And Correa had the plantar fasciitis mm-hmm. most of the year. I think he's going to have a better year. He looked great in the playoffs, but I think he's going to have a better year. Do
2: you think Correa regrets signing there now? No. No? Why do you say that? Well, he signed a long-term deal, and they're just like we lose Sonny Gray. Now we're trading away Polanco. Now we're just—it's
0: like I think he knew what he was signing up for. You think? Like, yeah, that that payroll is going to be Kip, in the 140 range. Chip,
2: if you if you signed a long-term deal with a team, and you're like, all right, we just won the division, we we won the playoff, we won a playoff round for the first time in 20 years. Are we uh are we going for it? And they're like, nope. We're tra-
1: is, that, is that kind of the trade-off though? You sign that big deal, and you know your team's going to be a little bit handcuffed just by you.
0: Is, is that the case? I mean, he signed I mean, for well, significantly I mean, less than he was going to get from San Francisco and from the Mets. Remember?
1: Be that as it may, AJ is right where it's like, you're not pumped just to see the team kind of not go for it, especially when we just talked about how it's probably their clear division to win. Um, so you want to, you want to go there not only because it's the great deal for yourself, but for a great deal as a team and to win there. And one thing worked out, the deal worked out, but now when they start trading away guys, especially top of the rotation guys like Sonny and some other pleases, uh, you're you just some your ears start to perk up a little bit. Like you start questioning, what are
0: we doing here? And uh, you're hoping there's some moves to follow. this these other ones, I guess. With that being said, who's the best team in the AL Central? Is it not the Twins? I mean,
2: it's still the Twins. They
0: should be the heavy favorite, but they should the be. Twins.
2: But they should be head and shoulders above everybody. They could have had the opportunity to be head and shoulders above everybody else.
0: But this is an ongoing disease in our game right now, is you wait for this moment as a team, right? Most of these teams went through pain for their fan bases, where there were multiple years of garbage. And then all you expect is when you're at this point, you're going to push some chips in. And you don't care if you're going to take some chips out later on, right? It's just that's not how the game is operating right now. And I do think it has a lot to do with the team on the other end of this trade. It's, it's 54%. I, why, why do the push in and then the push out when you can kind of just hang around, hope that dude stay healthy and be the next Diamondbacks?
1: I think it's kind of similar to our, uh, my first years in Cleveland. I think with the way this division is scattered right now, I think the Twins will probably be in first at the All-Star break anyways and I think they can go kind of see what holes they have and then go out and get that piece and fill it in later down the year instead of just signing it now.
2: So does this mean, like, is Kepler, could they trade Kepler next, the Twins?
0: You want to ask Ken about all this? We can. Is is he ready? Ken ready to go? All right, let's do it. Ken Rosenthal, FT Senior Insider, with us right now. We'll do this, then we'll get to Justin Turner. Okay, Ken, let's get your thoughts on the Mariners-Twins moves. I don't know how much you caught, and then... A.J.'s already asking you know, if there's another move coming for the Twins. There's been quite a few players of theirs on the trade block, including Kepler, and Polanco's name came up really throughout the offseason, right?
3: Really interesting trade, first of all. And yes, they could trade Kepler. They have other options. They could maybe sign a free agent outfielder and then have the flexibility to do that. They saved some money in this deal, and that's going to help them, or they gained some flexibility. and. Their president of baseball operations, Derek Falvey, was very open last night talking to reporters about the fact that this could lead to other things for them. Now, what's interesting about this trade to me from the Twins' perspective, and we'll get to Seattle too, but AJ, you just asked if Correa regrets going there, if this move signals some kind of teardown. They have lost a good amount. They lost Sonny Gray. They lost Kenta But at the same time, with regard to Polanco, they've got depth there. They've got Julian, who Scott talked about. They've got a prospect named Brooks Lee. They've got Royce Lewis in the infield, Carlos Correa. They are in a great position to make this kind of deal, and that's what they did. And they also got what I would say is an adequate return. Some people even thought that the Mariners gave up too much here, that they overpaid for Polanco. You get Topa, back of the bullpen guy, as you guys mentioned. And you get Di who should fit into their rotation. It's a health question with him. Of course, he hasn't pitched much the last couple of years. And you get two kids for the future. We'll see how they pan out. From the Mariners' perspective, it's interesting, too, because they see themselves as a team that is still quite competitive. They've had financial restrictions. They can't operate the way maybe they would want to in a perfect world and certainly the way fans would want them to. But they've got Julio in center. They've got J.P. Crawford at short. They've got Polanco at second now. Kyle Raleigh behind the plate. That's pretty good up the middle. They've got pitching back into the bullpen, starting rotation. That's good, too. You go out and compete and see what you can do there. So this wasn't just a money
2: dump then by the Twins? Because it seems like every move they've made this offseason has been like, we got to shed money. And the Pollard family is one of the richest owners in well, baseball. AJ, uh, I And mean, we, we, we all know they don't have a history of spending. Trust me. I was there when – I've told the story we had to buy our own, our own pullover. So, I mean, it just seems like every move they make, they're like, okay, well this is a money move and they got money back from the Mariners. So maybe, right. I guess that's to cover. Cause I think Di Scalfani makes 12 and Polanco is making 10 and a half, maybe to cover the difference or. Well, or it, it's it, kind of a
3: complicated equation and yes, they did get money in the deal, but I would never call it a dump when they get four guys back who will in theory contribute now and in the future. And As Derek Falvey said last night, they want to do more with the money that they gain, the flexibility that they gain. So it's four for one now. Could end up being five for one if they sign a free agent, which they could do to address another need. So, listen, both these teams, they're in the RSN web where they don't know what the heck is going on with the future. And, yes, they're owned by really rich people. And I don't know that it should make that much of a difference, right? We can all say that and we can all think it, and who knows, maybe it's even true. But at the same time, these guys are not spending money, so these teams have to kind of adjust it. that. The front officers do, and that's what, in my view, both these front officers are doing to the best of their ability. Now, we don't know how the trade is going to work out, but you can certainly see the logic from both sides. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you feel like the Mariners have a better roster now than they did last year? I was explaining to AJ, maybe this wasn't the best example, but... They're trying to switch things up because I feel like they watched too many strikeouts, and that's the thing that they decided with their offense they were going to switch. I'm not saying Jorge Polanco is the best contact hitter in the game or Mitch Garber or any of those guys, but they are an upgrade in terms of just swing and miss from what they had in those spots last year, right?
3: They did want to create a little bit of a different identity, yes. And they lost a good amount of offense. It's Teo Hernandez, it's Eugenio Suarez, Jared Kalanick. I looked this up last night. I believe that was about 25% of their home run total or close to it. That's a lot. But as you said, Scott, they got Garver. They got Polanco. They're going to be a little bit different. I don't know that they're going to be as powerful. But they see this as the way that they want to go now. And clearly that was an intent here, that they wanted to make it a little bit more of a contact-oriented offense. I don't even know that there are many players today you would even – Categorized as contact oriented, but the guys they had, Suarez in particular, struck out a ton. Okay, so the the,
2: the Diamond Sports Valley Sports thing keeps keeps popping up, right? The yes. Twins already no, said no. we got to cut payroll from about one fifty five to to one twenty five to one thirty ish, whatever whatever their number ends up being. Okay, how long are we going to have to hear about the Diamond Valley thing being held over people's heads? Like, is this just a way for owners to hold down salaries until? And then all of a sudden, as soon as the free spring training or or opening day happens, they're going to be like, hey, guys, we got all our money. Okay, we can sign people again. But, oh, wait, it's too late.
3: Well, AJ, you make a great point. And we don't know exactly where it's going with the Diamond Valley thing and if it will work out even better for clubs in the future when they get direct-to-consumer ability and all of that. Probably not. The cable model was really beneficial to clubs, as Evan Drellick explained on the show yesterday. But at the same time, If you're looking at this and taking a step back, every year it's a different excuse. Go back to the pandemic. Oh, the pandemic. We're never going to make it. Biblical losses is what Tom Rickett said. Biblical losses. Force majeure. (laughs) And, And the team seems and the sports seems to be doing just fine now, right? That was 2020. Then we had the lockout. Oh, we had the lockout. We can't spend money. Now this year it's regional sports networks. Every year it's something else. And listen, this is the way industry operates. They're always going to look to save money and cut costs, but fans should take it only so seriously. And I'm not saying that the RSN situation isn't real or isn't something that is having an impact or should have an impact. I get it. It has an impact. But again, I'm looking forward to next year's excuse because it will be something else. (laughs) Ken, what can you tell
1: us about the newest Blue Jays third baseman?
3: I like it. And I don't know that he's going to be the third baseman necessarily, but I like Justin going to that team. And you guys remember at the end of last season, I think we talked about this on the show. I certainly wrote about it. I kind of kept calling the Blue Jays paper tigers because they weren't the team on the field that they were on paper. They didn't play to their potential. We all would agree with that. I think Mm -hmm. Justin Turner walks into that clubhouse and I don't want to be critical of their team and who they have because they certainly have some decent veterans, George Springer, foremost among them. But you've got an adult walking into the room. And to me, they need a little bit of that juice that they're going to get from him. And it's not that he's a yeller. It's not that he's vocal. But there's a way he goes about his business. And there is a seriousness he brings to his craft. It's how he saved and turned around his career. So in my view, this is a really good signing for them. And I wrote about this earlier this week. They tried to get Jock. Couldn't get Jock. They wanted left-handed. They're still way right-handed. But the way it was explained to me by one of their front office people was, listen, if we can find a right-handed hitter who hits right-handed pitching, that's good too. Justin Turner hits right-handed pitching, not like J.D. Martinez necessarily, but he's not going to cost what J.D. Martinez is going to cost. So it's a good deal in my view for the Blue Jays. It's the right guy at some point. Justin Turner, 39 years old, is going to stop performing. Let's just hope for the Blue Jays'
0: sake it's not this year. Well, Ken, are they better? Are they a better team right now than last year's
3: team in your mind? I don't know. You lose Chapman. That's a good amount. They did sign Yariel Rodriguez, and if Manoa comes back, their starting pitching is going to be really a force. I don't know that I would say that they're better. They lost Belt, too, and Belt had a really good run for them. So they're different. They've got kind of Falefa coming in. He should help them. I still would like to see a left-handed power hitter join that team. Another one, and go from there. I they're one bat short in my opinion. Still,
2: does does the Justin Turner? We've we've heard Joey Votto to the Blue Jays. Does this close the door on Joey Votto to the Blue Jays? You just said a left-handed power bat. That's not really Joey Votto at this stage in his career. And also, while we're on it. Can this get Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? I know he was just named the MLB the show 24 cover athlete, but he didn't have a very good year last year.
3: I don't think Votto's going there. And I would expect this closes the door. Justin Turner at this stage of his career is mostly a DH, let's face it. So that's where I think this is going with Toronto. That's probably the role he will fill for them. And Joey is not going to play over Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And he's kind of excessive or. A surplus that you don't need if you have Justin Turner. As for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I am quite certain he wants to have a better year, and I don't know if Justin Turner can help him at all along those lines, but I would expect he's just going to play better. That was a weird year, no question about it. I still have not gotten an explanation for why he didn't perform the way he did in 21, or yeah, 21, but he, I am sure, wants to get back on track.
1: Why would the Blue Jays not just sign Belt back then? I know it was an issue
3: for a little while, but yeah. Why did why, – is that door closed is that To me, an outfielder would be even better uh, if they can get one. Somebody who could do some things out there. Michael Taylor might be one guy that they would look at. I know they've got Kiermaier to play center, so you don't necessarily need Michael Taylor. But one more guy. That's what I'm saying. One more guy preferably left-handed, doesn't have to be left-handed, but Belt, to me, would seem to be extraneous in the way that Votto is because Justin Turner is a primary DH. Yeah.
2: You know who to look good in a Blue Jays uniform? Shohei Otani. He's a big left-handed strapping <laughs> lad that can hit homers, Ken. I'm just saying. But it didn't work out. You know, he went to LA. He they tried. Them. He went to a different blue team. They tried. They, I, listen, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Speaking of teams trying, the Red Sox. Well, are they trying?
3: Because they they let Justin Turner... Okay. They're not
2: trying the way they should be trying.
3: Uh, I mean, let's face it. They're the Boston Red Sox, okay? They don't have this regional sports network problem. They own Nesson. They are a team that should be, as their chairman Tom Werner said earlier this offseason, they should be full throttle. They've got Jordan Montgomery sitting in Boston, working out in Boston. His wife is doing a residency in Boston. He is right in front of them. And maybe they'll sign them, but it sure doesn't seem like they're going to do anything big. Sam Kennedy, their team president, said at their winter event that they probably, or he indicated they might be cutting payroll. It's inexplicable to me the way they're running this thing. Now, they have young talent coming. They've got some interesting pieces, even this year, that they're going to incorporate. But... Again, it's the Boston Red Sox. And why are they not spending more? Why are they, when they need a starting pitcher, when that's their number one thing, a top-of-the-rotation guy who's lost Sale, who could have been that guy but maybe wasn't going to be, who's that guy? And if they sign Blake Snell, if they sign Jordan Montgomery, you can say, okay, I get it. Doesn't look like they're going to do that. And, again, Montgomery is in their backyard. Granted, he's probably waiting for Texas, but maybe the Texas thing doesn't happen. And maybe that's what Boston's waiting for. Maybe they're thinking, okay, if that blows up, we can get Montgomery at a better price. But they could use, not could use, they need a top of the rotation guy. Ken, we were just talking
1: about the Twins a little bit and the Blue Jays. And like you said, the Paper Tiger teams where they're better on paper. I think both those teams are kind of counting on some of their key players being better this year than they were last year and taking steps forward. But you look, if the Blue Jays were in on Shohei, that means they have money to spend. What's to stop them from going out and getting a Cody Bellinger who's going to cost significantly less than a Shohei? What's and what's same kind of question for Boston if they're still the Boston Red Sox, why aren't these teams spending? And why does it always take so late in the winter
3: up until rainy right spring training for people to even make moves on this? Jason, that's a good question, and I wouldn't put it entirely on the teams that it's taking this long. Scott Boris, the agent for many of these top free agents, Tommy Chapman Bellinger, he certainly is not afraid to protract these things as long as he wants to. So that's part of it too, in fairness. Now, the difference between a Shohei Ohtani and a Bellinger is Shohei Ohtani not only is going to generate value for you on the field, he's going to generate immense value for you off the field. And I would think the Jays viewed him as an exception. So if you sign him, you get all this added extra revenue, if you sign Cody Bellinger, who is not as sure a thing because he had last year as a resurgence, but the couple of years before that, admittedly, when he was physically compromised, not so good, it's not the same. It's not going to have the same financial impact on your club, on your organization. That is the hesitation. I would imagine that they don't see Bellinger like they saw Shohei Ohtani, but at the same time, you raise a good point. Why not? I know you've got Kiermaier in center and you've got Vlad Jr. at first, so Cody Bellinger doesn't fit so naturally, but I don't know. Good players seem to be a good thing for a team. Cody Bellinger's a good player.
0: All right, so I really want to get to the topic of not trying. <laughs> the <laughs> Oakland yeah, A's article. No, 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 that no, no, trying. no, 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 no. But this is another level, okay? And you know how passionate I am on this topic. Ken put out an article about the Oakland A's. So, Ken, I'll let you kind of just open up The parts that stood out but there is one part i'd definitely like you to touch on is the sources that are saying behind the scenes what kind of payroll they're anticipating in the future to ramp up because to me that was some news that they're floating around there they haven't really talked about what that would look like you put some numbers out there and i was cracking up because i'm like if anybody believes that they are going to play ball anywhere close to 200 million dollars before 2089 they're nuts 2089?
3: (laughs) Well, (laughs) what I reported is that what they are projecting is in the years leading up to the opening of the Vegas ballpark, probably 2026-27 with the ballpark opening in 28, they're projecting to be in 130 million to $150 million range. And then once the ballpark opens, they are projecting $170 million plus payrolls. Now, I asked the team president, Dave Cavill, about those numbers, he would not confirm them. But he did say, we expect to be in the higher end. Now the average payroll last year was 165. So if you're going to be in the higher end with salaries going up by 2028, it's going to be in that range minimally, 165, 170 plus. Will they get there? My whole premise of the column was I'm skeptical of this whole thing, that I'll believe it when I see it because we have heard a lot of things from the A's over the years, and look at them. <laughs> look at where they are. Look at what John Fisher has spent. His highest payroll ever was $92 million in 2019. Now, he will say, Dave Cavill said, that because of the additional resources they'll get in Vegas, they'll now be able to spend. It. They'll be able to sign their own players, which they haven't done in the past. They'll be able to enter the free agent market. Now, for anybody who's followed the A's under Fisher in particular, this is like shocking to hear. And it was shocking for me to hear, that's their plan. I'll believe it when I see it, like I said. And again, even if they execute it, you're asking John Fisher to spend money in the ramp up years when, by the way, they don't have a home park, 2025 to 27. They're going to find one, but it's not going to be most likely a major league park. Well. He's going to spend money that he doesn't have. John Fisher, the way he's run his team over the years, let's just call me skeptical. All
2: right, so I actually read this article of yours <laughs> one of the few times that I actually that, read thank the you, whole AJ. thing. Yeah, deep deep wow. you're welcome. Dead. You got my you got my athletic it took money. Took 3 hours. <laughs> there was there was only a couple of pictures in that I could that I kind of <laughs> was trying to get through, okay? But uh, by the way, I'm still waiting for my reimbursement for the athletic, but one day you'll get it to me. That's
0: a whole different yeah, one day. Story. But you, you get a free subscription.
2: No, I Ken said you didn't reimburse me, but he's yet to. So now you have know. to read
0: every article ever from Ken, whatever. Oh, Ken. Okay. That's well, it's what to take
2: get. me forever. Um, <laughs> but I I love what you said, though. You're like, they could stay in Oakland. Maybe they could stay in Oakland. But is Oakland one them after this year coming up? Because if they stay in Oakland, they get to keep their TV money. But if they move to Sacramento, it's outside the Bay Area. So they don't get the money. If they move to Vegas, they're going to have to renegotiate a TV deal. There's no way John Fisher is going to want to pass up that money. So where are they well, going to play? Because, again, I mean, I, I I get what you're saying, and I've been saying this from the get-go. They're talking about Vegas, Sacramento, Oakland, here, there, Salt Lake, blah, blah. If I'm the Players Association, I'm telling John Fisher to fuck off. And I'm like, pick a place we got to play, because I don't want my players playing all over. Yeah, I mean, it worked in Toronto because of COVID. I get how they did it. They did it for a short time. But for three years, you're going to bounce players around? That's not fair. And there's no way all of a sudden, miraculously, in 26 or 27, if they get their new stadium in 28, John Fisher's going to be like, okay, let's raise our payroll, I don't know, $125 million in one offseason? It's never going to happen. So I, I agree with you on this, Ken. I, I think this is all just a farce from them.
3: AJ, first of all, I'm glad you read the article. And second, I'm glad you brought this up because this is a key point. So – As the San Francisco Chronicle has reported, the local TV deal that they have with NBC Sports California paid them $67 million last year. And as you mentioned, once you leave the Bay Area, that money is not there. Now, you could negotiate, renegotiate with Sacramento or even Salt Lake City to get some other kind of deal with Vegas. You create kind of a new TV market with Sacramento and Vegas or with Salt Lake City and Vegas, but it's not going to match what it is in the Bay Area. So, do you stay in Oakland and keep collecting the 67 million? That would be hard to imagine. Do you play some games in Oracle Park to get a portion of that money? That's the Giants home park. Maybe you can figure that out. There are ways to do this, but it doesn't seem like in the end it's going to be as lucrative. And again, as you said AJ and as I wrote, John Fisher is going to walk away from 67 million dollars? If that's what it is in the subsequent years, it might even be higher. It's hard to imagine that. And again, when you look at this whole picture, what I'm talking about here, how it will work in the years 2025 to 2027 when they're vagabonds, how it will work once they get to Vegas, how this all will play out, it's difficult for anyone who has paid attention to look at this and say, yeah, I get that. That makes a ton of sense to me. That I'm sure they will do that. I want to see it before I believe it. There's no way, Ken. The Giants Have
2: you? I mean, you've you've been in the Bay Area enough to know. I mean, I played for the Giants. There was billboards about Giants versus A's. There is no way in hell. You had a better chance of me reading another one of your articles than the
3: Giants do of letting the A's play in San Francisco. Well, they'd let them play there for a price, I'm sure. I don't. I don't you think? think it's out of the question. You think? It, it, it's something that is under discussion, and I don't know where they're wow. going with it. Cavill wouldn't comment on what their plans are for the interim play period. I know Salt Lake City is really serious about hosting them. It would be in a minor league park. They could play in their own AAA park in Summerlin, Nevada. That's part of Vegas. Again, I'll believe it when I see it. And in this article as well, I asked Tony Clark about this. And Tony Clark at the All-Star break addressed the baseball writers. We have an annual press conference with him then. And he expressed concerns about the amenities of where they're going to play, the way players will be housed. All of the different things that come into play, playing conditions in a AAA park, and I asked him again a couple of days ago, and he said same concerns. I have the same concerns. So yes, they're going to have to get through the Players Association, and I'm not so sure it's going to be easy.
0: Yeah, there's so many steps.
3: Do John, okay, so made.
2: if they made 67 million off TV, what was their payroll? 40 million last year? Uh, 50 million. Uh, like that. Yep. So they made it. There's there's twenty. That's just
0: local TV. But that's there's, twenty million that's they made before right?
2: revenue sharing, before all the other Gate, stuff. Gate
0: t- national parking, TV.
2: That's what I'm saying. Bam, all the bam money that all that stuff they all get. Dude, John Fisher made a hundred million dollars last year. Probably. I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but he's close. It's very basic math. It's can, they yeah, 50, 000, can they use fifty thousand?
1: Can they use fifty thousand on those dugouts bathrooms? <laughs> no, just, just no. twenty notches. Anything. Anything.
0: Mm-mm. Ken, obviously we're, we're dumbing it down a little bit, but that, that is the basic math. I mean, you, you look at a team, I know there's more than just the player salaries, but when you add up the rest, it's not crazy usually. And you do the math. I mean, it's hard to look at a situation like that and not be like, wait, where is all of the money going?
3: That's a very good point. And these teams will tell you not just the A's, but other low revenue teams that don't spend enough on major league payroll. We're spending on infrastructure. We talked about this with the Marlins recently. We're spending on player development. We're spending on scouting.
2: I'll tell you know who that. helps out the A's. Scott, when he shops a baby gap for his shirt.
0: No, I'm on a... <laughs> I'm on a uh, You're
2: on a gap hiatus? no of your wardrobe has been gap slacking?
0: For anyone that's out of the loop, that's the Fisher family. John's Owns family. The, Not John. Them. He hasn't done anything for himself no. ever. Ken, thank you very much. Appreciate the time and great <laughs> article. Thanks, guys. It is a great article, so check it out in The Athletic. And also, Ken's Fair Territory explains more of the A's Vegas situation, uh, the Hector Nery signing, a little Hall of Fame recap, and a lot more if you check it out. He does a, a great monologue at the top, too, on the BBWAA Awards. Okay, let's keep this going for a sec, because, Kip, we haven't had you on for some of this. So where are we at with the player perspective on this? Do the players know what's going on? Are they concerned if you're a player on the A's? And I know most of their players are league minimum. I just got to the league. I don't care. I'm just happy to be in the bigs. But like we've been talking about, there is a union. Like the league is split into two. It's the league and the league office and then the union and the players. I mean, there has to be a line here, I would think, where they have to agree that this can't fly. Hey, we're going to play here. We're going to play there, right? It's –
1: yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. I think it's – as, and even as a player who's trying to sign there or who's playing there, it's it's a, it's a land of opportunity for only specific players. But, uh, if you're a rookie trying to get established, you're happy just to be there and you overlook a lot of the problems and if you're playing in different stadiums. If you're an old guy trying to sign on to a team and stay in the league, you're happy to play for Oakland. But if you're these other players that are going that are trying to win – um the fact that they're talking about playing over at different stadiums or not knowing where home is not knowing all these variables uh on top of just Oakland wanting to or trying to spend money here in the future who's going to want to sign there with
0: all these unknowns and they don't care cuz they don't want to sign anyone well, anyway they, they, but they don't you, care yeah but it's they, i mean you're signed not Alex you, Wood you know, the other day yeah
1: great you're not signing there to win ball games clearly no. if they're not going to be spending money and they looks like they're not um, they are already they're handcuffing themselves in the free agent market even before they open the pocketbook
0: i think it's imperative that whenever there is a ball club in vegas that team puts its best efforts forward right from the jump
2: well, they have to get the fans excited right away yeah. like they have to come in and
0: the knights did that
2: yeah, but they have to come yeah, – the Knights are expansion and they made the Stanley and, Cup.
0: No, they, they made the expensive. finals the first year of ever. That's what I'm saying. And then they just won this past year. Like, they have brought winning right off the but jump. They need to come in believe and this fire? regime whoever, is going to win?
2: Whoever in 2028 is a free agent that year, you have to expect – or you have to expect Las Vegas to throw big money at you. Yeah. If you're like a top of the – I mean, I don't even – I mean, so far away from – Sure. I mean, I'm sure we can project out who could possibly be a free agent. But think about it. If you're a free agent that year, the A's have got to hit it because they got to get the fans excited. If they go in there with a forty-five million dollar payroll of all rookies, people in Las Vegas mm-hmm. are gonna be like, We don't care. Don't care. There's too many other things that's to all, do. That's, like that's always the
1: formula. You wanna you he's right. You wanna sign those big players right when you have that new stadium or that new market to it also kind of helps offset the cost of it where you bring in, get the excitement going. So maybe all this money that he's saving up these and they're making these years uh, till they're open. Maybe he'll finally
0: open that, that checkbook come 2028. Now, if you're a free agent, it's not a bad place to go if the organization gets cleaned up or hopefully just gets sold is the real goal for everyone, right? I think or- you want some
1: stability as a player. You want to know where you'll be, where your, your family will be, where your, your interests are vested in. It's just not the same when you're moving around and don't have an owner who's like on the same side or on the same page as you. It's
0: kind of like the opposite But the thing is
2: though, they can't, they can't wait until 28 to spend all their money. If that's when the stadium gets done, if the stadium ever gets done, because we're already seeing hiccups and the renderings and everything else that they're talking about. Like we haven't seen a final rendering because of what they say, because of the flu or what was it? The flu was going around.
0: There's been been a million different reasons. There was a terrible tragedy, but it was months ago. They did that. Then they said they were waiting on something from, I think valleys and valleys like, no, we're waiting for them. It's one thing after another. The dude, the owner can't even hire an architect to, to make a drawing, <laughs> right? But, like the league's been like, can you just give us, give us something, a real drawing that actually portrays what this is going to look like. Cause they did a fake one member when yeah. they were first trying to talk everyone into it. Agreed. It's a movie. This is a, this is a great, fucking it's going to be
2: crazy. It's going to be Moneyball too. I just got to figure out how I can make a comeback and end it. Uh, again, <laughs> like the first one, um, but I, I just—it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. this has just been so poorly done, handled from the get-go, from they're leaving to they're not leaving to. In, oh my gosh! The best thing for baseball—we've had this. John Fisher, just sell the team, just to give someone else an opportunity to figure something out because Vegas doesn't want you. They—they they really don't. I mean, they say what they do, but they really don't. And Oakland—I don't think Oakland wants you now. So now you're kind of on the hook for where do we go? I mean, they're going to end up in Vegas somehow, some way, whether he forces them to. But, gosh, like if, if I'm the owner of the A's, which I obviously have not, I am building the biggest, baddest-ass stadium I could ever imagine. I'm not nickel and diming it. And if it's a smaller capacity, fine. If it's only like – like Cleveland's only, what, 35,000 people? If it's a smaller capacity stadium, but I, it's got to have all the bells and whistles. It's got to have everything you can – like kind of like the Raider stadium they say I've never been, but they say it's, sure. once you walk in, it's unbelievable, right? It's got to be like SoFi in LA where people walk in and they're like, oh, or, or when AT&T opened in Dallas for the Cowboys, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. It's got to be like that because they're counting on local people coming and tourists coming. And in order to get people to come into a stadium, it's got to have something cool that no one's ever seen before. So you got to spend money. You can't nickel and dime. You can't cheap it out. You got to make it something cool where people it's a destination. And I just don't see them doing that with this ownership group.
0: People want the player perspective on this show, obviously, with you guys giving your authentic take. Is this not going to be talked about nonstop whenever, let's say, Kip, you were on Cleveland, right? And you're playing in Oakland this season or the A's are coming to you. Isn't that what you're talking about? Maybe you got a former teammate who's now on Oakland or you're just, you know, kind of chopping it up with the guys. Is this not what you talk about for a few minutes, like the small talk uh, before you get going? You,
1: you'll you run out to center field with like five prepared questions. <laughs> and just being like, tell me everything. What is going on over there? What's what are the worst things that's happened? Absolutely, you run out with questions to ask and hope you get them answered before they. Because it's just it's just it's going to be going on for a while. Yeah, and that's the ownership's fault. They they put themselves in this in this whole problem.
0: The thing I don't understand here. We're showing some tweets here. Here's Shayna Rubin who covers the team for the Athletic. We know very little about John Fisher as a person except that he was a Giants fan before he bought the A's. <laughs> Suddenly, a lot of the carelessness with which he's managed the org roots uh organizations roots to oakland make sense and we saw the tweet earlier from danny vietti saying that their payroll was in the low 40s and that john fisher said he did everything he could so i just i can't emphasize enough how confusing this whole situation is for uh, the son of of a billionaire family to want to just shatter name legacy the whole deal for a few extra bucks just go into a different industry that's the part i don't understand if he sold it he'd make him billion dollars right now more than that i mean th- they're going to vegas the team's probably going to be worth close to two billion dollars because they already have that relocation at this point it's even just people in vegas like please we don't want to deal with this villain he will mess up every single thing from front to back i just don't understand like think about it for, for any of you any normal person out there that's not a billionaire w- w- would this be what you choose to do with your life apparently maybe he's a diehard
1: giants fan He's really going about he's it. Just he's just really, try, completely yeah. trying to wreck this. This takes tanking <laughs> to another level. It's from yeah. the end. He's, he's, he's bombing them from the end.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, I'll just spend a few minutes before we get to slap hands on the Justin Turner edition, so we spoke to Ken about it, but let's get your thoughts on it first. Are the Blue Jays better? Is this similar to the Diamondbacks adding Jock Peterson where a lot of fans are looking around wanting Jorge Soler and J.D. Martinez, and you're getting the next tier down? those two are, are at the top tier of yeah. like your DH type, right? I just think they didn't want to lock
2: themselves in. I think J- Justin could still play some infield if he's needed to. Yeah. I mean, he can a day or you know, a day a week or something like sure. so he's mainly a DH, but I also think you know, the the Blue Jays said we had special money for Otani and then everyone else and they've kind of you've kind of seen that filter down. I think they're counting on a big b- bounce back year from Vlad. Bouchette stay healthy, Springer, right? Kiermaier. IKF to take over for Whit. Alejandro Kirk bounces back. They're hoping Manoa hopefully is in shape and bounces back. Um, are they better than what they were at this time last year? I think they're about the same, honestly. I think it's it's about the same. But are, do they have enough to overtake Yankees, Baltimore? Probably not, right? It's they, close. I love their. For me, they're still probably a wild card team. They're not a they're not an AL East winning team without. Addition of one more, as Ken said, big left-handed bat. Unfortunately, that guy's named Cody Bellinger, and they're probably not going to pay for him.
0: Mm-hmm. And, Kip, they lost Matt Chapman. I mean, unless yeah. he resigns, but I don't know. It seems like he could be heading to, say, a San Francisco or maybe a Chicago. I think he's going to sign with the Giants. Chapman.
1: I won't say they're much better just because I think Chapman versus Turner or something, Chapman plays every day and a pretty damn good third third base. Um But I think with the bounce back and then you add the tutelage coming from Turner, that's going to really help uh, these kind of year three, year four guys really take the next step, hopefully.
2: Okay. I mean, listen, I I like this. I do. Lou Marloni chiming in. He saw JT last year in Boston. You want to
0: read it because I'm running out of words. Oh, my
2: God. (laughs) Okay, I'll take over. Something has been broken in Toronto for a few years now. Too much talent to not be a serious contender in the American League. Rotation is one of the best. Adding Turner was a great move. Great presence in a clubhouse that needs one. Lou Merloni.
0: And Bo Bichette was on a show recently, too, where he mentioned Justin Turner's name as someone that he'd like to see added to the what clubhouse. Wish. Do we feel like they have a clubhouse problem, though? I don't think it's a clubhouse problem. It's just the offense not living up to its potential. I don't think there's, like, drama going on with the Blue Jays. I think that's yeah, the, the clubhouse problem, problem is they're not winning enough. Yeah, that's the problem. That's It's
1: not a, a character issue by any means, or at least from any people talking. It doesn't sound that way. I think it's just they were underperforming. That That is the problem. They, they know they have good players there, and they want to see them kind of reach that potential. But they need them to uh, reach it to get to where they want to go. It's not just – they kind of are one of those teams with these kind of guys. It's almost like a low-floor, high-ceiling team. I think and that's, it's not one of those ones that you count that even if they have bad years, that these, this team's still going to win 90 games. This team could win 75 games, or they could win 100. So I think it's just they have one of those ones where it's a lot of variables, but they really do have people in there to to be good.
2: 100 might be a stretch, because I don't think they have that kind of... Thing. Maybe in that division. Maybe, yeah. Maybe in that, that division in that with division. Division. the Orioles and yeah. the Yankees. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Again, tough. Yeah, it's it's tough, And the Rays, let's not forget. I mean, that's the... I mean, so think about it, last year you had... The Rays, the Orioles, the Blue Jays made the playoffs, right? Right. The Yankees didn't even make the playoffs last year, and they're going to be better, you would think.
0: I think they're going to make the playoffs.
2: Okay. So then is there four teams out of that division going to make the playoffs? Because we're already assuming the Orioles are going to be equally
0: good. There's one team out of the AL Central. You can already book that.
2: Of course. Okay. So that means four out of the East and only one out of the West? That seems like a no, not necessarily. I think two out of the West and three out of the East again? I agree. Okay, so who are the four is going to miss out?
0: Baltimore. <laughs> maybe, wow. Maybe. You
2: heard or, it here first, people. Scott Braun hates the Orioles. There Baltimore it is. Or
0: Toronto. Over the Rays. Oh, no, I got the Rays out. I got the you did, Rays. Out. Yep, you said Baltimore. Kip, you heard it. Wait, he let's, hates let's, the Orioles. Let's rewrap. He hates it. the Orioles. I got we Baltimore, Baltimore. New York Citizens. and Toronto. I got the Rays out okay. this year. I think they'll take a step back. I, I don't love the pitching, they're missing a lot of their pitching.
2: They always seem to be, and they always seem
0: to and figure then it out. They grow them on trees, but yeah. it's true. I mean, for me, you look at the Blue Jays, and they were pretty healthy last year. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Variables change year to year. I mean,
2: Alec Manoa was just out of shape, apparently.
0: Alec Manoa had obviously a disaster season. Look, look at the other core four in that rotation last year. I think they made all their starts. Rios, Gosman. Bassett, who am I missing? And Ryu came back later in the season, missing uh, The one.
2: lefty they brought in in the playoff game.
0: Uh, uh, Kikuchi. Kikuchi. And then Bo. Bo got hurt a little. He got a dinged. Little. Remember, he dinged his knee. Yeah. Vladdy. Most Vladdy were healthy. had a down year, though. That's he great. had a down year, right? Springer. Chapman didn't have a great injuries. year. We
2: talked about it. He had a great first month.
0: Yeah. Kind of carried the team, though, in the first month.
2: Yeah. Kirk had a down year. Yeah, so I don't know. It, it's gonna—they're fascinating team to me because they have all the money in the world. Kip, you know you've been to Toronto. They have all the money in the world. They can do whatever they want, um, but they just don't seem to ever get the big. I mean, I guess they did when they got Springer, right? It was a big splash. Gosman was a big splash.
0: Yeah, Springer's great. Same thing. I mean, definitely injury concerns there. He's dealt with That's that. That's why it's, it's just confusing to me.
1: It, it's just confusing to me. If you're going to be in on Shohei, how is Bellinger's not? how is his cost too much now or however
0: they want to word it. Separating marketing from performance. Mm -hmm. They were like, we will make a fortune off him. That's a publicly traded company. too.
1: Yeah. But I'm talking if you're, if, okay, even if you prorate it down to maybe what it would be, I think Bellinger checks every box you're looking for. Outfield help, lefty, bad help, big name. I think he brings in the market a little bit. He moves the needle just a little, obviously nowhere near the, the movement of a Shohei, but I just think he's a perfect fit for there, and I'm hoping they're making that
0: splash still. Probably won't happen, but I hope they do. I agree. I think he'd be a great fit there. I think they do what most other teams do. I mean, it sounds like a broken record, but it's a business first, winning second. So Shohei would sell the place out every night. Does Bellinger sell the place out every night? No. No.
2: Let me ask you this. Why have they not – when are they going to start locking up a Vlad?
0: I think it's too late, like the Pete Alonso situation. At this point, he's gonna Why not go to free agency when you're this close? I agree. I'm just saying. I think there's a better chance of Bo, but I think Bo might want to test, test the too. waters at this point too. It, you wait this long. Have mm-hmm. they? Do we know publicly that they've thrown some big number out there in the past? Well, I, mean,
2: we, I mean, they might have, but we haven't heard a whole right. lot.
0: Kip, I mean, so, when you get yep. the Pete Alonso status, or for Bo and Vladdy two years away instead of one, and you're that they're, freaking they're- talented.
1: They're too close to free agency. The The old saying is the longer you wait, the more you make. Um, when they're knocking on the door this close, especially those guys, uh, they're going to test the waters. Yeah. You have to really blow them out of the water with an offer this supposed to free agency for them to take it.
0: Great. <laughs> well, why'd they wait? Adam in the Chaco shut up, Kipnis. Belly's coming back to Chicago. <laughs> Obviously. (laughs) Listen, I'm not not saying I don't want him here, too, in Chicago. I'm
1: just saying, fit-wise, he's perfect for Toronto. But, uh, listen, he was awesome in this city. This city loves him, too, in Chicago. So, uh, I would would love to have him back in a
0: Cubs uniform as well. I think the Cubs need him more than anybody else. More than the Blue Jays. I think if the Cubs don't bring him back, they're not a playoff team. Unless there's somebody else like that they're replacing him with. Yeah. I don't think the Cubs are a playoff team. I don't. Chapman? Matt Chapman? Can you make them a playoff team? Closer. Both of them? Both of them, yes. I think that division is going to be tougher than most people think, especially for the for the Cubs. Just saying.
2: I think the Reds are better. Well, the Brewers will be good. Again? What was that guy's name in the
0: chat room? Told me to shut up. Adam. He's got a Cubs logo, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Adam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Talk soon. He
0: he's got a, he's got a, a poker game uh... with you later. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're kidding around Adam but yeah I mean I would love to see it happen we've been talking about it for a long time Cubs definitely need to make some moves too we've talked about the same two teams over and over again the Cubs and the Giants still have one or two moves left to make to show that they're the legit Orioles.
2: we've talked about them too
0: yeah it's just hard to believe the Orioles are going to do anything it's just the, the year-long staring contest with the Orioles about Dylan Cease yep basically it's so, true all right let's slap hands oh. All right, we're gonna get an instant breakdown in slap hands from Jason Kipnis on his first big league hit. We have the archives. That it, it wasn't even VHS back then. What was it? That's why you can't find
2: mine because it was VHS.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, not yet. It'll happen. Though. Sorry, it's, it's coming soon. I've been told it's that it's uh, being up. We so found the video. We found the video. Now it is being uploaded. I, I couldn't
1: remember the. I couldn't remember the full name.
0: Of Takahashi. Yep. Takanashi. Takahashi.
1: Takahashi.
0: And, and I mean, you can give everyone a little teaser. Oh, here it is. Oh, so I was over
1: six and it's a uh, bases loaded bottom of the ninth. Exactly how you dream about it in uh, your backyard when you're coming up. Um, you're, I was a hundred percent on deck circle being like, please God, if there was ever a time to get my first, just let it, let this be it right now. And you're not, you're not begging, but you're, you're, you're wishing and praying. But look at that baby face right there and all this. Wow! Uh, unpacked. Uh, I think Torrey Hunter was in right field. Didn't know it was my first hit and just nonchalantly picked up the ball and threw it into the stands. Thankfully, uh, Sandy Alomar, first base coach at the time, ran and kind of chased it down almost ran up a step or two to get it for me. So I thank Sandy mucho for that one. He was awesome. Um, and that's just that stuff any player usually never forgets, that kind of moment.
0: Yeah, thanks, Tori. You got a text, Tori. He, yeah, do you I'm think gonna, he knows? I
2: don't know. Have you told Tori that story?
1: I think I think he joked about it a little bit later that he because I, I got to know him a little bit throughout the career afterwards uh, that no especially once you get to know him he would have never done it had he known so he definitely didn't know and um, he's awesome I actually saw him at O'Hare Airport here about uh, six months ago so but that's it's it's one of those moments obviously being a bottom of the ninth bases loaded walk off is, is a kid's dream. Uh, for your first hit ever, uh, but just any player getting their first hit is just a moment that uh, they never forget. What year was that? 2011.
2: Because, I mean, I'm looking at that team. Brantley, I saw Brantley. Pronk, right? Well, was Carlos the, Santana. The tail, the tail end was of pronk. Bro-
1: Sizemore. Orlando Cabrero at short. There's a dribble. Oh, Huff. I,
2: Huff he's bu- I booked Huff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> uh um, shelly duncan seen? probably shelly duncan Donald. yeah lou, lou jason lou Donald, Martin. famous what's jason Donald famous for broke up the uh, perfect up game. the perfect game yeah yep. lou marson well, you know what he did he did he, he he hit the ball off of uh burley's leg legs between Through his legs. legs yep yep yeah, there's some good names on that team
0: that's a that's a blast from the past for the cleveland fans here Real quick, do you remember, because you forget everything that happens during a season, obviously we do a show every day, but Pete Alonzo throwing Mason Wynn's first hit into yeah, the stands. and then people got pissed. People were so mad. And then he apologized and sent him stuff and didn't yeah. know. And I think they got him the ball back anyway. Yeah, yeah but still. Yeah. Expecting for, you a don't realize for, know yeah. he's a rookie. No, I, I, I never
1: thought for a second, like, anything rudely, like, Tori did that on purpose. No, for Pete Alonzo and Tori, this was just probably another game. and. Uh, they probably had no idea, and we're just getting off the field. So hey, Tori had a long
2: yeah. a long history of hating Cleveland guys, so maybe he did do it on purpose. You don't remember Danny Baez, when him and Danny Baez got into uh, it? yeah. And he threw the ball and smoked his ass? Danny Baez hit him, and Tori picked it up and smoked his ass? Yeah. Threw it like 107 back at him?
0: <laughs> Well, oh, Tori was one of the nicer dudes in the game, but if you Until, he, did, off, until he wasn't. Hey, everybody he was. He <laughs> everybody has their line.
2: Dude, Tori was the best. Tori would yeah.
0: Tori be the nicest. Dude, hey, Tori,
2: hey, Tori, you're my favorite. Oh, fuck that motherfucker. Oh,
0: he'd get, oh, man, he'd get mad. It was <laughs> the best, dude. He was the best.
2: hi Tori. Love you, Tori. <laughs> <laughs>
0: didn't he call you once during the show? He did call me during yeah. the show.
2: It was when they said he was going to be the first base coach for the Angels. And he was like, no, I'm not. He's like, hell no,
0: I didn't. <laughs> going to be no first
2: base coach. <laughs>
0: incredible uh, what a day we made it so guest list tomorrow rowdy to les kylie mcdaniel from ESPN, who does a great job predicting contracts does prospect talk and all of that we don't have a cardinal or a brewer we have a pirate and a brave aj Minter will join us coming oh, off of brave great Fest. name he's got a great name Vinter? Mm-hmm. yep yeah. yes A.J. Minter, Brock Holt back with us tomorrow. Kip, good to see you, man. Yeah, Kip, it's been a while. Likewise. Likewise, yeah. boys. We'll thanks get for, one thanks for
2: fitting us into your golf schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Not in this state. Sorry it's cold at 40.
2: Yeah. Winter weather. Global I'm gonna, freezing. I'm
1: going to sh- yeah, go shovel my
0: backyard. <laughs> <laughs> uh. We've got a new offer for the FT fam with the same bonus code, Foul, F-O-U-L. Bet $5, get $158 instantly. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook app of at least $5 and you'll receive $158 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app, sign up and deposit at least $5 into your newly created account. Place a wager in the amount of at least $5 at standard odds price. And once you've placed a bet, you'll receive $158 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Again, that's bonus code Foul, F-O-U-L. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.